Sister Rose and Brother Russo and the Bradshaw family. On behalf of my wife Beth and myself, we extend to you our sincere condolences. In fact, I express those from the entire incredible body of Christ at Calvary Bible Church. This is a Christian homegoing service. Therefore, it has unlimited hope, which is Christ Jesus' hope. This is so because Bursal Bradshaw Jr. became a born-again believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Brad is one of Jesus' own sons, and you will hear more about that conversion a little later in this service. So we are here this afternoon to remember Bursal Jr.'s significant life, and we have assembled to honor Christ, his merciful Savior. Of course, God is with us today in this church sanctuary, and he's with us in the person of the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit is here to comfort us, to guide, to reassure, and to bless, to point us to the salvation that is found only in Jesus Christ. In Philippians 1, verse 21, the Apostle Paul wrote from jail, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Therefore, as we've gathered, please let us remember that this is not an hour of defeat. It is an hour of victory. For Bursal Rudolph Bradshaw Jr. has gained heaven. The poem is, If You Could See Where I Have Gone. If you could see where I have gone, the beauty of this place, and how it feels to know your home, to see the Savior's face, to wake in peace and know no fear, just joy beyond compare. While still on earth, you miss me yet. You wouldn't want me there if you could see where I've gone. If you could see where I've gone, had made the trip with me, you'd know I didn't go alone. The Savior came with me. When I awoke, he was by my side and reached down his hand and said, hurry, you're going home to a grand and glorious land. Don't worry over those you love, for I am not just with you. And don't you know, with you at home, they'll long to be here too? If you could see where I've gone and see what I've been shown, you'd never know another fear or ever feel alone. You'd marvel at the care of God, his hand on every life, and realize he really cares and bears with us each strife. And that he weeps when one is lost, his heart is filled with pain. But oh, the joy when one comes home, a child at home again. If you could see where I've gone, could stay a while with me, could share the things that God has made to grace eternity, but no, you couldn't ever leave once heaven's joy you'd know. You couldn't bear to walk earth's paths once heaven was your home. If you could see where I've gone. If you could see where I've gone, you'd know we'll meet someday. And though I'm parted from you now that I am just away. So thank you, church family, for living for the Lord, for teaching me to love him, to trust him and his word. And now that I am home with him, secure in every way, I'm waiting here at heaven's door to greet you some sweet day. Let us pray. 
Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have decisively proven your love for sinners. When you sent your only Son, you loved the world, that whosoever believes in that Son will not perish but have everlasting life. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you would comfort this dear family by your Spirit's ministry. And please motivate all of us to share our faith in Christ. Teach us your will as found in your word. For we know that if we trust in you with all of our hearts and we do not lean on our own understandings, but in all our ways acknowledge you, that you indeed will make our paths straight. In this service, Father, we ask that the Spirit of God would show us the dire need of every person for the Lord Jesus Christ so that they could know salvation. For we know, Father, that your Son said and meant, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We pray these things, Father, in the precious name of the one who said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Amen. Our opening hymn this morning, Hark, My Soul, This is the Lord. The biblical account is when Jesus met with the disciples after his resurrection. So this song really speaks about the restoration that Jesus gave to Peter, whom we know denied him three times before he went to the cross. It was after the resurrected Christ met Peter after they were on a fishing trip invited him to breakfast on the shore, that he asked him this question, do you love me more than these, Peter? And many times we slip and fall, but Jesus Christ is the restoring savior of his sheep. And so let's stand together as we sing about our loving Lord in memory also of our dear brother, Brad Jr. All rise beside the immediate family.
may be seated. In these moments when our heart is so tender and vulnerable to the vicissitudes of this present loss, this grief, my prayer for you as a family and as friends, relatives, is that you would find that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your tender hearts. At this time, we will have a video presentation or tribute by Reverend Derek Parson. I greet you all in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. I'm so sorry that I can't be with you, but I thought it might be good to share a moment of grace where Brad and I had an opportunity to go for a long drive and it was a day where we encouraged one another. Uh, we used to take a drive, long drive out on some back roads and Brad would drive and, and we would just talk man to man. And it was on one occasion as we took this drive uh, that Brad just thanked me for the opportunity to, to get out and to take the time with him. And I said, Brad, I, I love you. I love taking the time and, and doing this. And he says, no, he says, what I love about it is that you see me. And I said, of course I see you. He says, no, you see me, you get me. You don't judge me, you just love me, you see me. And I said, I do love you. And he says, and that's the other thing, he says, whenever you're with me, you always tell me that you love me. And he says, I just want you to know how much that means to me. And I said, Brad, your presence is amazing. I said, I'm your brother-in-law, but I get to spend this time with you. Your sister gets to spend this time with you, Joshua, gets to spend this time with you. And so it's good for, for all of us. And we just continue to go back and forth, encouraging one another. And I said, Brad, I said, what's the deal between you and mom? Y'all, y'all, you know, you love each other and then you're fighting with one another and, and so forth. And he started laughing and he says, um, he says, Derek, he says, I can't even tell you what that's about. He says, but that's, how me and mommy is. And he said, uh, we're driving along and he got quiet. And then he says, you know, but when I get married, I wanna marry a woman with my mother's heart. And I thought that that was pretty significant. And I said, and so what would you say about mom and dad? He says, we have the best parents in the world who did everything that they could do to afford us the best opportunities. He says, I came off to school and and uh, to the States and, and learned air conditioning and cooling systems. And Natalia came off to school and Dawn came off to school. He says, but mom and dad are amazing, amazing parents who have given us every opportunity that we have. It came from mom and dad. So I come from a good family. Uh, he says, when I think about Dawn and uh, having Tiana and Sheldon, Katie, Duran, but before Duran, I mean, what a blessing that has been to all of us, and especially to mom, to our parents, to to have grandchildren and uh, the most awesome kids in the world. Um, he said, but it was just 
an amazing thing to grow up in this family. And I said, Brad, you should tell them that. You should tell them what they mean to you. And he says, one day I will. But here's what I want to say. I'm going to miss Brad. And I'm going to miss Brad because of his uniqueness. I loved his playfulness, how Brad didn't take himself so serious, that he can go to a function and he knew how to have a good time. He knew how to communicate, how to talk to people. And he was fun to be around. But I'm going to miss him because he's integral to this family. And that uniqueness is not here anymore. Uh, His indelible imprint upon all of our lives. And he will be missed, but not forgotten. So I want to say, I wanted to share that with all of you because it was a moment of grace for me. And I hope it's a moment of comfort for you. Brad, I love you. I love all of you. And I'm so sorry that I can't be with you. But God bless you. See you soon. What comforting words. Our second hymn, we will now sing is It Is Well With My Soul. Please stand.
hope. You may be seated. We will now have our first scripture reading by Pastor Thomas Aubrey, which will be followed by a solo by Mr. Ricardo Knowles, a cousin. Our scripture reading this morning or this afternoon is from 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16 through chapter 5 and verse 9. For which cause we faint, not though our outward man perisheth, yet the outward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are, which are, beg your pardon, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Chapter 5. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. If so, be that, being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being, being burdened, and not that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought us for this very same thing is God, who also has given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent with the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor that whether ab present or absent, we may be accepted of him. I know that God will bless the reading of his precious word. Angels all night 
Thank you, Brother Knowles. I think he answers the question that Job asked in Job chapter 14, verse 14. He says, if a man dies, shall he live again? All the days of my service, I would wait until my change come. Holy, holy, holy. We will now have our second reading of scripture to be done by Mrs. Hope Shelley Ann Ratcliffe. Um, would you please come at this time? The second scripture lesson is taken from Romans chapter 8, verses 28 through to 39. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of the Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up from us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? God that justifieth, who is he that condemneth? Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creation shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. May God add a rich blessing to the reading of his word. Be sure, self-given name, Brad, Ursula, Jr. was smooth. He had a challenge to give me a high five if I extend myself, but he was consistent, deliberate, intentional, so we give a dab when we grieve. But there are others who would like to come at this time to give their tribute. I'd like to call the sisters, Danielle, Natalia, Nadia, to come, and of course, will be followed by Pastor Frederick Annette and Pastor Tony Joseph. Those individuals will come in that order, please.
I'm going to first um, read a tribute written by the, my elder sister, Dawn. Um, and the poem is entitled, Broken Chain. We little knew that morning that God was going to call your name. In life, we loved you dearly. In death, we do the same. It broke our hearts to lose you. You did not go alone. But part of us went with you the day God called you home. You left us peaceful memories. Your love is still our guide. And though we cannot see you, you are always at our side. Our family chain is broken, and nothing seems the same. But as God calls us one by one, the chain will link again. In my late teen years, Brad and I grew close. He was not only my big brother, our big brother, but someone I could talk to. We could hang together and go for drives or visit friends in the El Camino. Oh, how he liked to show off that powerful car that he had, sometimes burning, burning rubber. Then later on, he got a blue Suzuki Jeep. And yes, he kept that Jeep very clean. <laughs> he wouldn't go out in it until it was clean. And many times, I was pressing brakes and holding on for dear life. If anyone knew Brad, he always had to have his shirt unbuttoned down to the middle of his chest, no matter if it was hot or cold, and didn't want to wear a jacket either in the cold. Neatly pressed, shirt tucked into his blue jeans, and those Clarks polished to the team. Brad loved music and dancing, but he had no rhythm. <laughs> we would have... We would have a good laugh whenever he got on the dance floor. And I can recall the time when I was sick away in Virginia. Brad would call me every day to see how I was doing. And that meant a lot to me. When my two sons, Sheldon and Jerron, started playing baseball, Brad was always anxious and enjoyed, along with Daddy, going to the baseball field to watch their games and cheer them on. One thing Brad mentioned in recent times was that he wanted to take Sheldon and Jerron fishing but unfortunately, he didn't get the chance. I will surely miss you, my big brother. We will surely miss you, my, our big brother. Be sure. But our memories will live on. Love, Donzel, as he affectionately called her. And I'm going to read also a tribute to our brother. In tears, we say you're, sink we say you're sinking. We watched you fade away. You faced your task with courage. Your spirit did not bend. And still, you kept on fighting until the very end. God saw you getting tired when a cure was not to be. So he put his arm around you and whispered, come to me. So when we saw you sleeping so peaceful and free from pain, we could not wish you back to suffer that again. Love you, Brad. Good afternoon. The psalmist says in Psalm 116, verse 15, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Again, on behalf of my family and me, I would like to extend my sincere Christian condolences 
to the Bradshaw family. I cannot find the right words to express my feelings to you today. And I've been trying from I was asked to share about Brad. I always had a concern for Brad because he was, I, I, I can't swear for him when he was not around me, but when he was around me, he was quiet. He was very respectful. And I cannot say anything about Brad if being good and nice were to get you into heaven, he wouldn't have anything to worry about. However, as he visited with me from time to time over here at the counseling center, I always tried to remind him about the love that his family showed him and I saw, and specifically his mom. I would say to Brad, Brad, do you realize how much your mom loves you? And he would look at me as if I was out in space somewhere and says, of course. I said, on several occasions, Brad, if you know how much your mom loves you, why don't you follow through with the one thing that you know, that I know, that she wanted from you, and that is to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And he would look at me, and seriously, I cannot tell you how many times I went through the Gospels with Brad, showing him the need for salvation. But he was always very honest, as I said already. He would say to me, I'm not ready. And I would remind him, Brad, you don't have to live to see tomorrow. But I'm not ready. And that is why Several months ago, Pastor Elliot and myself visited him in the hospital as he lay there. At this point, he was not able to speak. We decided again to share the gospel. And every time I share the gospel, I always say, maybe today is the day. But that particular day, as we begin to share the gospel with Brad, as I said, he couldn't speak, but he would write his questions out on a sheet of paper. He would ask questions. Pastor would respond. I would respond. And God had it so, I believe, that his mom and dad 
came in a few minutes after we got started. And I'm sure that they were pleased to hear the questions that he asked or read the question that he asked. And the fact that he really got to the point where he was able to say, yes, I am ready to receive Jesus Christ as my personal savior. And he didn't do that flippantly. He asked questions, and not that he didn't hear them, had those questions answered before, but I believe that he wanted to be reminded that his hope was definitely in no one else, not in Mum or what Mum believed, but in Jesus Christ, our Lord. He received him as Lord and Savior that day, and I have no doubt, I believe God's word. And the word of God tells us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful, he is just, he will forgive, and he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that's why I begin with the scripture verse, the saint, he was a saint of God because he was cleansed from all unrighteousness. May I say to you who are listening here today that may not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if Brad had a regret and could speak to you this morning, I believe he would say, I have one regret, and that is I did not trust Jesus Christ as a child because he would have saved both soul and body. But may I say to you, God is a merciful God, and he is a prayer-answering God, and his mother is a prayer warrior, and she believed God. And I thank God that I can stand here this morning with the confidence in God's word that says, he that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. Brad is not here. Brad is absent from the body and is present with the Lord. To God be the glory. Glory to God. Yes, glory to God. Peace to you all. The friendship of Brad and myself begin during the time I was a youthful bachelor. At that time, Brad had a El Camino and I a Ford truck that we enjoy sporting them after work or on the weekends while chasing after girls.
This enjoyment of us wine was not exempt from our conduct. Youthful men having fun, driving around, car enthusiasts, chasing girls. Wine was not exempt. When Brad and I would have gone out these various occasions. In view of all this, I acknowledge that Brad had a good sense of family value. This helped me to understand why within our friendship as a big brother was the way he received me as his friend. Shortly thereafter, I was married and things changed. However, as we cross part over the years, there remain with us that sense of respect for each other. After I was ordained in the service, of our Lord, Brad was still my friend. Within his line of work, his service, I did hired at my business place, and at my home. I prayed with him and I gave him counsel. In so doing, I said to him, as I have prayed for your health, I would also want to pray for your salvation. And as said previously, Brad never move except he has a good or fair understanding in his own ways for the most part that I know him, honest and truthful. If it is right or if it is wrong, he's just truthful. I said, I prayed for your health, but I want to pray for your salvation. 
in Jesus our Lord. Would you accept? He said, yes. This was in the presence of his parents, his mom and his dad. And I prayed. That was less than a year ago. Thereafter, I never saw much of my friend. But he came to the shop and he said, at least he wrote, I want your email address. And I gave it to him. Before I take my seat, I would like to say that most of us saw Brad where he was weak. But I also saw his strength. The virtue of his strength. He was, for the most part, gentle, not haughty and full of arrogance, gentle for the most part. No matter how challenging, troubling, or painful the circumstance. This is the way I knew him. And I know a lot that he went through. These troubling circumstances he faced within his life. I recall him saying to me, the speech aid I receive It was not a good job. Even within all this, his speech was of a meek spirit. He's telling me about all these things he are experiencing this illness, etc. 
and the aid that he is getting, and yet of a meek spirit without argument, My words in your hearing today was my true experience with Brad, my friend. When I saw this picture with him, the horse, I said to myself, Someone sees some of the virtues that I saw. May God bless you. Thank you very much. There would have been a solo here by Mrs. Beatrice Fowler, my wife, and so because of voice, um, Charlie, she's unable to present that solo. And so while we transition into the continuation of our tributes, I would just wish to draw your attention to the fact that you are here. We have all come together here this afternoon from different places, and we all at different stages in our journey through life. Our parts are varied, and we look at life. We have different life experiences. But there's one thing we have in common, at least at one point in time or another, and to some degree or another. Our lives have been influenced, have been touched by Brad, either directly or through members of his family. At this time, we'll ask for the continuation of our tributes when asking again Mrs. Hope Shelley Ann Ratliff and Kim Davis, friend, and Pastor Ali Pierre Louis, which will be read by Jeffrey Beckles, and of course, a poem from. Uh, Brother Batten, which will be read by Mr. Errol or Pastor Errol Fackelson. Good afternoon once again. To my cousin, Brad. Everyone called him Little Brad. I called him Brad. Our closeness began in death, actually. It was in the passing of his younger brother, my cousin Sheldon. That woke up a bond between us that would span over decades. Oh, how I remember the Saturdays at my grandfather's store, the People's Dry Goods Store when Brad would show up in old faithful, yes, the El Camino. My big cousin, who of course was only a little taller than I am, but he was my big cousin all the same. And he would come just, just to check on me. Then I left for college. There was of course an understandable break in that bond, but regardless of that break, every time I came home, as soon as he knew I was on this island, Brad made it a point 
to come and see me. We even had our own way of greeting each other. And I sat down the other day trying to remember where that came from. But I can't seem to place it. But every time we saw one another, we would just simply say, it bugs me to know. Or his shortened form was bugs me. You know, if, if either of us heard that anywhere, we knew it was the other person. I moved back home in 1997. And then in 99, that's when my career in radio began. And from the onset, whenever my request line would ring and I would answer the phone, I would hear the voice on the end of the line simply saying, bugs me, play my song, man. His song was Mr. Wendell by a group called Arrested Development. To call Brad an avid listener would mean that I was downplaying his role as it related to my life in radio. See, Brad wasn't only a great cousin, but he was a real and true fan. He followed me from one radio station to the next, always making sure that I was aware and remembered that as it related to him, I had a die-hard fan in him. And as I put together my tribute, the ending came to me like this, and it says, Wow, Brad. It bugs me to know that I will never hear your voice again. It bugs me to know that you have left me already. It bugs me to know that never again will you request your favorite song. It bugs me to know that you are actually gone. Lie down, lie down, and take your rest. We love you, we're gonna miss you, but we know that Jesus loves you best. Rest in peace. Good afternoon. My tribute is to Brad today, and it's under the theme, Good Night, My Hero. My friend, life is but a stepping place, a pause in what's to be a resting place along the road to sweet eternity. If tears could build a stairway and thought a memory lane, I'd walk right up to heaven and bring you home again. 
I wish that I could tell you I was not ready to let you go, but you've already departed and my heart is feeling low. The battle was hard. We thought we had won. But still you fought on, my hero, my friend. We, we all have different journeys, different paths along the way. We all are meant to le learn some things, but none was meant to stay. For some, the journey's quicker. For some, the journey's slow. But when the journey's ended, we'll claim a great reward and find everlasting peace together with the Lord. Brad, I will truly miss you and forever love you. Sleep on and take your well-deserved rest from pain. Love, Kim. Pastor Elliot, colleague pastors, Brad Sr., Rose, the family and friends, I greet you in the name of our precious Savior, Jesus Christ. And before I read this tribute from this dear friend, Ali, I wish to extend our deepest condolences on behalf of our senior pastor at Christ Community Church, Dr. Deanta Cunningham, and the wonderful people of Christ Community. I know we've shared many special times together, and you can be assured of our continued prayers and support. A tribute from Pastor Arlie Pierre-Louis, Mount Olive International Ministries in Richmond, Virginia. And it reads, God be praised. Since my family, my church family, and I had the opportunity to meet Brad on many occasions, we are indeed grateful to God for he gave Brad the chance to visit Mount Olive International Ministries on several, several times in order to praise God and to worship him. To God be the glory for great things he has done. Based on my observation, Brad was a very quiet person who only spoke when you brought him into the conversation. Brad, as you know, is a brother of Natalia, who is a good friend of, of our family and the family of Mount Olive International Ministries. And because of Natalia, Pastor Derek, and Joshua, my family has had the privilege to form a great bond with Brad's family and especially his parents, his two sisters and his nieces. Brad will be greatly missed. And as Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. There is no more suffering for Brad. Hallelujah. The apostle indicates to us that the absence of Brad, that we as Christians can know that the God of all comfort is, will be there for us. So he writes, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. 
For as the sufferings of Christ overflow to us, so does the comfort overflow to us through Christ. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which is the experience and the endurance of the same sufferings that we suffer. Brad fought a good fight and a strong battle with cancer, but did not allow him to get better. He took each day in stride and never really complaining, always feeling tired and always hoping that his treatments would finally end so that he can get on with his life. This was my hope too. Now my hope is that Brad rests in peace, knowing that he did all that he could do and that his parents and the rest of his family will be fine with the grace that God will provide. When we love people, it is so comforting to know that they will always be with us in our hearts. And he closes by saying, I'll see you again, my brother in Christ, Ali. I close with this for all of us today, from my wife, Sonia, and myself. <clears throat> the longer we live, the more we realize that 100 years is not even a long time. And Brad's short time with us reminds us of three things I'll leave with you today. One is the fact that life is very brief. Life is very fragile. And that each of us should live with a sense of urgency regarding things eternal. God bless you, Rose and Bradshaw. We love you and we're here for you. Good afternoon, church. And I too would like to, on behalf of my wife and I, extend uh, sincere and deepest condolences to Brother Brad Sr., Sister Rose, and all of the family. Um, I got to personally know Brad Jr. over the last few years as he became one of the faithful men here at Calvary Bible Church that regularly attended our early Saturday morning Bible studies. And I say you have to be faithful to attend that because it starts at 6.30 a.m. in the morning. And he did so. And while he was uh, rather quiet and unassuming, I could tell by the way that he was fully engaged in the conversation around him that he was very much interested in understanding and learning about the Word of God. And, and he always came away with asking deep questions and, and always sought to get the answers for it. And I appreciated that from, from him. And I know that I speak for all of the men of our assembly here and the fellowship and the, the Bible study in particular, when they say that we will miss him. You know, and, and we know that he's gone on to a better place. So I'm here at this time to read a tribute that was written by a very good friend of his who's also a member of our Saturday morning Bible study, Mr. Kevin Barton, who's here with us today. And this tribute goes, when a friend is close at heart and in your life he plays a part, we help each other through difficult times and distress. And with friends, family, most of all God in prayer, we know that God is always near to help in every way. Bradshaw was committed to the Faithful Men's Bible study every Saturday morning at 6.30 a.m. At 6 a.m., I would get the call to pick him up for Bible study. The brother knew time. Brad Jr. had a searching heart for the things of God. It showed in the types of questions he asked and the need to know the answers to those questions that was on his mind. 
The brother was not perfect, but sincere, and one who truly cared. Brad Jr. was a work in progress. From my observation, the Bradshaws are a close-knit family. One of the things that stood out to me was a birthday celebration held for Brad Jr. I was the only person invited, and that made me feel special, and I considered Brad Jr. my friend, a very good friend. May his soul rest in peace and rise in glory. Amen. The God who is high and lofty is also near to the humble, to the contrite. And we are certain that Brad on occasion would have known the nearness of his Savior in whom he trusted. And to the family, may you continue to know not only the great transcendent God, but the one who is imminent and near with you in this time of bereavement. We now will stand and sing our next song in the program, Here I Am, Lord.
a short prayer. Lord, as we come to your word, we know there's no finer comfort. We pray that the Spirit of God who inspired the paragraph we will look at in brief would minister the word of God's truth to the redeemed child of God and also, Lord, to the yet-to-be-redeemed child of God. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I am told that in Indiana, there is a tombstone that reads, Pause, stranger, as you pass me by. As you are now, so once was I. As I am now, so you will be. So prepare for death and follow me. Someone in that cemetery, having read that epitaph, did an improper thing. He scratched on the tombstone to follow you. I'm not content until I know which way you went. That's what this is all about, which way each of us will go after we pass away. It was an ancient church in Thessalonica, which was greatly troubled over what comes after death. And in response to their concern, God had the Apostle Paul write the paragraph that I shall read for us, which is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. Hear the word of God. But we would not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve, as do the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. In this marvelous paragraph, I see four words beginning with R, four R's. In this paragraph, there is a return, there is a resurrection, there is a rapture, and there is a reunion. Let's take these one at a time. In Scripture, death is always separation. Physical death is the separation of the soul and the spirit from the body, which happened for Brother Brad. And so what we have with us to care for with dignity and respect is his body. But physically, when he died, his soul and his spirit separated from his body, which was so ill. That's physical death. Spiritual death is when we have a dead spirit, because we've never trusted Christ to be our Savior. Spiritual death is when we have a dead spirit and it's separated from meaningful relationship with God. There are many persons in churches in the Bahamas and in America that are very much alive physically, but they're very spiritually dead. Eternal death 
is the soul, spirit, and resurrected body, together as a unity, being separated from God forever in a literal place called hell. And so in Scripture, death is always separation, three varieties, physical death, spiritual death, and eternal death. So let's get to these four R's I was mentioning. And that first R is a return, a return. Listen to the return. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve, as do the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. That is a return. It's a return of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, to earth's atmosphere. But this return of the Lord Jesus Christ to earth's atmosphere is not for everyone. It says, brethren, it says, in Jesus. This particular return of the Lord Jesus Christ is exclusively for the redeemed. The redeemed who have passed on, as Brad has, and the redeemed who are alive when Christ comes. And this return that is exclusively for the redeemed is called the rapture from the Latin word rapturio, which means to be caught up. And so those believers who are asleep as Christians, who have already physically died, are compared with a euphemism, a figure of speech, that they have fallen asleep. This sleep referred to to the believer's body but not to believers' soul and spirit. 2 Corinthians 5.8, which I think has been read twice now in this homegoing service, makes it very clear that for the born-again person, for Brad, the instant the soul and spirit are dismissed from the body in physical death, they become immediately present with the Lord in heaven. Immediately. That is a marvelous confidence we have. So when verse 14 indicates, if we believe that Jesus died and rose, again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. This is a teaching that souls and spirits of dead believers will accompany Jesus in this rapture return. And so to recap, this return by Jesus Christ is for the redeemed. It is a return to earth's atmosphere with the souls and the spirits of the already dead in Christ. So from the first R, that of return, we move next to the second R, which is resurrection. Not only will the Lord Jesus Christ return, but according to the last part of verse 16, there will be a resurrection which will accompany his return. See it in, here in 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. A resurrection. We anticipate a resurrection. The Bible knows nothing of a reincarnation. A reincarnation is a Hindu concept that's been dressed up for Hollywood. The Bible knows nothing of reincarnation. The Bible presents consistently in the Old and the New Testament re resurrection. And the dead in Christ shall rise first, the verse says. So at this return, the graves of born-again people will open, and they will give up the remains of the redeemed person's body, and these bodies will rise to be, be rejoined with the respective souls and spirits which have come back with Christ. 
So we have a return and we have a resurrection. But there is a third R. It is a rapture. As I said just a moment ago, the English word rapture comes from a Latin word rapturio, which means to be caught up. And watching for the catching up of living Christians, which is depicted, see it, hear it in verse 17. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. This rapture event is a spectacular event, an instantaneous event almost. In the twinkling of an eye, it says in one verse of Scripture, I once asked a medical doctor, medically speaking doctor, what's the twinkling of an eye? He said three-sixteenths of a second. Spectacular. The Lord Jesus Christ will rapture the believing who are alive at his coming, and he will rapture the bodies of the believing who have been interred before this great event. Back in the late 80s when I was at Dallas Seminary studying American Airlines headquarters were in Dallas, and I was told by a credible source that American Airlines may not be Christian as an organization, but they don't want litigation. So they made sure that every American cockpit was filled with a born-again Christian and a person who'd claim not to be a born-again Christian because of the rapture of the church. True story. The assurance of a rapture means that some of us who are alive and who are trusting Jesus alone to be our Savior may not have to experience physical death. We could get airlifted alive out of here. Wouldn't that be something? How gracious of the Lord to tell us of these three R's so far, a return, a resurrection, and a rapture. But there's more. There is a fourth R, which is reunion. And on this coming rapture day, those who are still alive will be reunited with all of our deceased, believing family and friends. And this great reunion will never, ever be interrupted again. I like to call it a forever hello. A forever hello. And so this afternoon, when we go to the cemetery, I invite us to look around at all the graves. I invite us to think about the fact that one amazing day, the Lord Jesus Christ will return. And when he does, there will be a resurrection of all born-again Christians. And in fractions of a second after that resurrection, there will be a rapture a catching up of all of the living born-again Christians to be with the Lord in the air, and with the resurrection and the rapture complete, an everlasting reunion will be underway, never, ever, ever to end. So let me ask you, on behalf of the Lord, will you be involved in that glorious, permanent, joyous reunion? 17, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always, always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Will you be involved 
in that rapture resurrection. You will, if and only if you've transferred your trust to Christ alone for the forgiveness of sins and a home in heaven one day, as Brad did. Your parents can't do this believing for you. Your siblings can't believe on your behalf. Your friends can't do this for you. Your pastor can't solve it for you. I'm here to tell you there is no biblical prophecy that still needs to be fulfilled before the rapture return event of Christ could take place. The rapture return of the Lord Jesus is imminent. It is an any time now prospect. Christ could come back, raise the dead, catch up the living, and start a heavenly reunion before I finish preaching. So are you ready for the return? Can we bow our heads in reverence to God and close our eyes so as not to be distracted? You may be here this afternoon. You know the language of the church, but you do not know the Lord of the church. You may know what hoops to jump through so people are impressed. But you know that when you lay your head on the pillow at night, you're not sure where you're going to go after you die. You can know. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Right now, on behalf of him, I would invite us who need to trust Christ for salvation to do so. May I remind you, if you've trusted Jesus to be your Savior, you don't have to keep doing it over and over again. God is not hard of hearing, and he's not a terrible memory. But if you've never acknowledged your sin, your need for Jesus, I invite you in the privacy of your heart and mind, right where you sit, to silently make this your prayer. It's not a magic prayer. It's trusting Christ. Dear God, I know I've messed up, and you call it sin. I thank you that Jesus died to clean up the mess and shed his blood to make possible for me to be clean. Right now, in the best way I know how, I put my full trust onto Christ. My full and complete faith onto Christ. I believe that you'll save me. I believe that you'll make a home in heaven for me. And I want to live the rest of my life as a thank you card back to you for that salvation. Pray this, we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. If you made that your prayer, God heard you. And I welcome you into God's forever family. And I know it would do the Bradshaws a world of good if I could tell them that someone trusted Christ to be their savior at this service for their son and brother. The tombstone said, Pause, stranger, as you pass me by. As you are now, so once was I. As I am now, so you will be. And prepare for death and follow me. The person who has trusted Jesus Christ alone is prepared for death. God bless you all. Thank you again, Pastor.
We'd now have a solo by Miss Angelica Saunders. May his love be with you till we meet again. May his love be with you till we meet again. Till we distant shore where we'll shed a tear no more may he give you strength to endure till we meet again may his love be with you Till we meet again, may his love be with you till we meet again, till we reach that promised Pastor Beckles coming with a prayer for the family. As we pray, family, I'm going to ask you to stand on the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ as we pray for you. And would you all join us as we stand together? Shall we pray? Our Father and our God. God, that sums it up. You are our Father and you are our God. There is nothing that is hid from you. God, you saw this moment long before it came. And so, even though we may feel inadequate in this moment, God, you provided grace, you provided mercy for these times. 
Lord, we lift up the entire Bradshaw family to you today. His Brad's blood family and his extended family and the friends, members of his local church. The many friends who've been impacted by his life. I pray, Father, that you would undergird each of us with grace individually and yet grace collectively so that in this very moment, each one of us would have a totally different perspective of who you are. God, you designed us with multiplicity of languages and, and yet you've, you've, you've blessed us with the ability to speak words and yet, God, in your sovereignty, you never gave us words that will comfort grief because you knew that only you can comfort our grief. And so, God, I pray today that each one of us would give our grief to you, trusting only in your strength alone. I pray, Father, that those of us who uh, share with the Bradshaws in these coming weeks and months, God, would continue to allow our words to be seasoned with salt and faith and expressions of love and a reminder of the never-ceasing cure of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I pray, Father, that in these moments, that even now, that each of us would take note, as the pastor has spoken, Time is short. Time is short. May we live with a sense of urgency, God. May we live with a sense that life is brief. It is fragile. Things can change in a moment. I pray, Father, for the ones who are angry with each other, the ones who have unforgiving spirits toward each other. I pray for the ones, God, who have just been carrying baggage of all sorts. I pray today is the day that you would deliver them. I pray for restored relationships today. Not just in the Bradshaw family, but for everyone in this room who is living with a frayed relationship. I pray that your spirit would move upon us to resolve it. And now God, I pray today that we, as we leave this room today, as we leave the tributes behind, as we have sung the songs that have brought comfort, God, that each one of us would carefully review our lives and make certain that those of us that know you in the pardon of our sins would live as light for the Lord Jesus Christ and that you would challenge the ones who don't know Jesus Christ the Savior. For we bless you today. We bless this. I'll ask you to bless Pastor Elliot and the pastoral team and members of Calvary for their ministry and in their ministry. And so, God, we bless you now and we praise you for Brad's life. And we look forward to today when we will be reunited with him around your glorious throne. We bless you in Jesus' precious name and all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Jesus Christ is Lord. Let's sing that as we part today from this place. It is finished. Jesus is Lord. There's a lot.
the fall. 